let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb. Bernadette Mukakabara was in shock. It had all happened so quickly. First, the president was assassinated, and then thousands of Hutus, after decades of hate-filled propaganda against the Tutsis, all these Hutus roused up and began to murder the Tutsis, neighbors, killing neighbors around the country. And now, Bernadette's husband, Kabera, had been murdered. Their very own neighbor, Gratian, had killed him. Bernadette lay weeping, holding her only son, Alfred. It was 1994, and Rwanda was in chaos. How could a nation ever heal? 800,000 people killed in 100 days. How could Bernadette ever recover from the loss of her husband? After the massacres, a Tutsi rebel group took power Hundreds of thousands of people suspected of genocide and of taking part in the murders were rounded up and detained, and Gratian, Gratian himself, was arrested and jailed. But then something unusual happened. Gratian's nine-year-old daughter, Yankurije, began coming over to Bernadette's house and offering to help with her chores. Yankurije later told the BBC, I decided to go and help Alfred's mother to do the housework and even the farm work because she had no one else to help her considering that my father was responsible for her husband's murder. Bernadette could have driven Yankurije away with anger, but instead she welcomed the young girl into her home. And she said this, I don't know how I would have survived if she wasn't here to help me after my husband died. And... When love entered, healing began. Not just for Bernadette and for Yankurije, but for the entire nation of Rwanda. For you see, when they began to move towards reconciliation, though it was a long and painful journey, they began to heal as a nation. Community courts were established called gakakas, where communities could come together and discuss what had happened. Those who were victims could ask the perpetrators what happened, and the perpetrators could confess, acknowledge, repent and apologize. And so it was in the year 2004 that Gratian stood before a Gakaka and told Bernadette what had happened. He apologized, and at the same meeting, Bernadette chose to forgive him for killing her husband. Gratian was released back home, and once again, Gratian and Bernadette were neighbors. But the story of love and healing doesn't end there. For you see, when Yankurije started coming over to Bernadette's house to help her, then Bernadette's son, Alfred, started falling in love with Yankurije. And a few years after her father, Gratian, stood and apologized and confessed the murder of Alfred's father, Alfred and Yankurije were married. The daughter of the killer married the son of the victim. They said their vows in the very same Catholic church where Gratian had confessed his crime and apologized. Today, Alfred and Yankurije have a little son of their own. Where there was death, there's now life. Where there was hatred and discord and division, there's now love and unity and peace. Because that's the impact of agape love. Agape love can bring healing Agape love can bring change. Agape love can transform your life. It can transform the community. It can transform the world. Agape love is the greatest 
force in the universe. And when you experience agape love, you will never be the same. That's the powerful message in our sermon today, a sermon entitled, The Impact of Agape Love. We're going to discover just how agape love changes us and changes the world. But before we do, let's bow our heads and pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, we thank you for your love, a love that never fails, a love that knows no limit. Lord, we praise you. And today we dedicate ourselves to you and ask you that in this moment you will reveal to us the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of your love for us. And in that revelation, change us so that we can become instruments of your love to the world. We submit to you now, we bind every voice of the enemy that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I loose the power of the Holy Spirit, the power to enlighten our hearts and transform our lives. We thank you by faith in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to invite you to take a moment and join your faith with mine right now. Put your hand on your chest and pray after me. Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. It's great to have you here in the presence of the God who is love. 1 John 4, 8 tells us God is love. Everybody just say God is love. And the Greek word used there for love is the word agape. So God is agape. It defines who he is. And whenever you have God, you experience agape love. It's the love of God. It's a different kind of love. It's a love that impacts our lives. And to discover today how agape love impacts us, we printed sermon notes. They're inside your bulletin. They look like this. If you're joining us online, you can download them for free at our website and on our social media sites. Please take out your notes now and follow Follow along with me as we discover three ways that agape love makes an impact. There at the top of your notes and on the screen ahead of you is our scripture text for today, taken from 1 John 4, 10 to 14. It's not that long of a passage, so I'd like everybody to read it out loud together. Read it like you mean it. Read it with faith, because this is the word of God. Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, go. This is agape love. God sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if this is the way God loved us, we must also love one another. If we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. We have seen for ourselves and can testify that the Father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your heart today in Jesus' name. And everybody said agape love. Consider for a moment what these verses are telling us. First of all, it gives us a definition of love. It says it's a love that sacrifices. And then it tells us the impact of that love. It says that that love comes to live in us and changes us. And then it tells us the outcome of that love. We go out to testify to other people. And so today, let's break down this passage and begin to look carefully at how we can make an impact with agape love. And here's your first truth today. Agape love makes an impact because agape love sacrifices for us. Listen again to the word of God in verse 10. This is agape love. God sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Everybody say sacrifice. 
We can see this agape love in God. He is a sacrificial, loving God. This is a love that pays any price. This is a love that will cross any ocean, climb any mountain, go through any desert. This is a love that keeps on blessing and blessing and giving and giving. This is a love that sacrifices. It's not a human love that comes and goes or fails. It's a love that comes straight from the heart of God. And we can see God's agape love from his heart in the book of Exodus chapter 34, 14, where the Bible says he is a God who is passionate about his relationship with you. So it's not hard to understand why God would sacrifice, why he would pay a price for us, because he's passionate about us. He loves us so much. The fact is God is crazy in love with you. He thinks about you all the time. He watches over you. He never slumbers or sleeps. When you go to bed at night, he comes and sits there waiting for you to wake up and talk to him. He sees you when you sit down. He sees you when you eat. He sings over you and dances over you. God is passionately in love with you. If you believe it, say amen. In fact, believe it or not, God can't get you off his mind. That's why David said in Psalm 139, how precious are your thoughts about me. Oh God, just say God's thinking about me. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And think about what the Bible is telling us here. This is no small thing. The number of God's thoughts outnumber the grains of sand. How many grains of sand are there in the world? How many grains of sand at Labadi Beach? How many grains of sand in your shoe right now? Well, we don't know, but we can give you a picture Let's take it like this. Let's think of a cup, just an ordinary cup. The average grain of sand is 0.25 millimeters in diameter. So you should be able to fit roughly 64 grains of sand into a cubic millimeter. There are 1,000 cubic millimeters inside a cubic, cent uh, cubic centimeter, so that gives you 64,000 grains of sand per cubic centimeter. Are you with me? A cup is roughly 236.6 cubic centimeters. So 64,000 times 236.6 is roughly 15 million. There are 15 million grains of sand in a cup. How many are there at the beach? If you go tomorrow morning with this blue cup to Labadi Beach and you take a cup of sand and you put it in a tipper truck and you go back and get another cup of sand and you put it in a tipper truck and you go back, people will think you're mad. But not only that, you will not fill the tipper truck in a day. And when you come the next day to the beach, you will not even be able to see where you took the sand from. And that's just one beach. Think about the beaches in Ghana. First there's Aflao, then Ketai, Ada. Then you come to Pram Pram, and Tema Beach, and Teshinungwa, and on to Labadi, and Jamestown, then Kokobrite, and, and then you go to Senya Beraku, to Winneba, to Salt Pond, to Cape Coast, to Takarati, to Cape Three Points, to Axim to Hafasini, to Newtown, and that's just Ghana. Then you move up the coast to Ivory Coast and Liberia and Sierra Leone and Guinea all the way to Senegal. Or what about to the east? There's Togo and Benin and Nigeria around the corner down past Congo and Angola. And then you come to South Africa around the corner then to up to the other side to Mozambique and to Tanzania and to Kenya. And what about the Sahara Desert? That's just the grains of sand in Africa. But what about the United States and the great 
great deserts in Arizona and New Mexico? What about the sand in Saudi Arabia and the Middle East? What about the sand on Europe's coastline in Spain and Italy or in China and India and Asia all around the world? The numbers of the grains of sand on the beaches alone, but there's sand under the ocean and sand in the earth. There's sand everywhere, yet God's thoughts for you are more than the grains of sand in the world. And the most amazing fact is we did nothing to deserve this love. God loves us because he chose us. For Ephesians 1, 4 says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Before you lived, before you sinned, before you did any good thing, God said, I'm going to love you. I'm going to make somebody who's going to be excellent in my eyes, and I'm going to think about him or her night and day because I love my people. That's the great vastness of God's love. It's amazing to think about that. It's so vast, no tongue can tell. It's so detailed, so extensive. No one could take the time to explain it all. But it's not just words. It's not just thoughts. It's not just feelings. The fact is God shows his love and demonstrates to us through his sacrifice. For God gave evidence and proof of his agape love by sending his son Jesus as a sacrifice for us. See, true love, agape love, God's kind of love isn't just words. It's not just thoughts and feelings. God's love is sacrificial. It's a love that gives and gives and blesses. It's a love that will pay any price. Jesus himself said in John 15, 13, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's what God did for us when asked to show his love. Jesus stretched out his hand to the right and stretched out his hand to the left, and his hands were nailed in place as a permanent, eternal picture of how much God loves you. So no matter what you think, no matter how you feel, no matter what's in your bank account, no matter the problems you're facing, no matter the stress in the world, never ever doubt God's love. He proved it when he sacrificed his life. For Romans 5, 8 says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's what God did for us. What describes his love is the width and breadth of his love. And in that we have all the evidence we could ever need that God loves us. For there's no greater love than to lay down your life. That's the lesson we can learn from the amazing true story of an 11-year-old girl named Lainey Purdue. On Saturday, November 13th last year, Lainey Perdue was traveling with her father and three others in a small aircraft in Michigan, USA, when suddenly their airplane developed trouble. The plane started to go down. Shortly after takeoff, it crashed on Beaver Island, USA. Everyone on board was killed. Everyone except Lainey Perdue. What saved 11-year-old Lainey Perdue when everyone else died? She tells us today that as the plane was coming down and she looked out the window and could see the ground getting closer and closer, suddenly her father, Mike, reached over and held her tightly to his chest. He gave her a huge hug, and his hug shielded her from the impact of the plane crash. Lainey tells us, the last thing I remember is my dad giving me the tightest hug ever. I'm alive because of him. 
The weight of the crash coming to the earth caused a boom that echoed for miles. It made a fire and the metal was twisted and destroyed. It caused damage to the earth, but there was something more powerful than the impact of the metal zooming to earth at 10,000 feet down, speeding to the earth. There was something greater than the impact of all that weight. The impact of her father's love was greater than the impact of the plane crash. The impact of her father's love sheltered her and caused her to live. And not only did the father's love save her, it changed Lainey. You see, she was damaged. She was injured in the crash. She had broken bones all over her body. They had to operate on her jaw and on her foot. She was in a hospital bed. But she said, considering my father's sacrifice, I want to honor him. I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk at his funeral. I'm going to walk behind the casket to show my love for my father. And so with great effort and the grace of God, she began to improve. She went from the bed to the wheelchair and from the wheelchair to crutches. And on December 11th last year, Lainey Purdue walked behind the casket of her father at his funeral because his love had changed her. His love had made her want to honor him. And I'm here to tell you today, when you experience the love of God, it will not only save you, it will change you. It will not only impact your life, but it will help you to do something great for God because Jesus rose from the dead. We need to rise up and walk for him because he died for us. We need to get up and move and honor our God and let his name be praised. We need to be changed because of his sacrifice. That's why 1 John 3 16 says this is how we know what love is Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and that brings us to our second truth today agape love makes an impact because agape love sanctifies us turn your notes over to page two and understand the word sanctify is a bible word that means it changes us it delivers us and transforms us and that's what the bible says happens in verses 11 and 12 listen carefully dear friends if this is the way god loved us we must also love one another. If he sacrificed for us, we must love others. Then it goes on to say, if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected. Everybody say perfected. Perfected in us. So hear the word of the Lord. Consider the sacrifice of Jesus. It will change your conduct. Consider that Jesus died for you. It will make you a loving person. Consider the love of Jesus, and it will begin to work in you and perfect you his love will change you and sanctify you and make you like him that's why God says in Ephesians 5 1 and 2 be imitators of God hey be imitate tell your neighbor be an imitator of God as dearly loved children and live a life of love tell your other neighbor the one you really like live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God imitate God live a life of love just like he did let God's love change you that's what happened to a Liberian man named Joshua Bly Joshua Bly was a warlord in the first Liberian civil war he led a gang of mostly child soldiers who rampaged through the streets of Monrovia their actions became more and more horrific they used to make human sacrifices they were devoted to Satan and worshipped him they killed and raped and tortured people it's estimated that Joshua and his child soldiers killed 20,000 people 
But then in 1996, Joshua had a vision of Jesus Christ. Jesus appeared to him. Jesus spoke to him. He saw the Lord and encountered God's love, and he immediately repented. He left his life of violence and crime and wickedness and turned his life to Jesus Christ. Joshua Bly became a pastor and started working for reconciliation in Liberia. He was changed by agape love. That's what happened to a man named Varney Volker. Varney Volker was a gangster, a warlord on the streets of Chicago, USA. He used to deal drugs and made a lot of money, but he would not hesitate to kill anybody who stood in his way. He even went to prison because of his crimes, but when he got out, he met Pastor Corey Brooks, and Pastor Corey Brooks shared the love of Jesus, and Varney Volker had a transformation. He met Jesus, he experienced his love, and he left the gang, he left the drug activity, he left the streets, and he's now working to help Help Pastor Corey Brooks change other men. Vaughnie Boker was changed by agape love. That's what happened to Bobby Joe Reed. Bobby Joe, as a young girl, started drinking at the age of 12. She was so miserable and depressed. Her life was so dark, she started drinking alcohol at 12 years just to numb the pain. At 13, she started using drugs. And for 22 years, Bobby Joe Reed was an addict and an alcoholic. She began to become a prostitute to sell her body so she could get money for drugs she was homeless and she came to the end of her rope when there was nothing left at all for Bobby Joe Reed she met Jesus Christ and agape love changed her she gave up her life of sin and turned her life to Christ she became a minister of the gospel and opened the healing house which has helped thousands of men and women escape drug addiction and alcoholism and prostitution Bobby Joe Reed was changed by agape love because agape love can change anybody. Agape love can even change you. You may be a warlord or you may just be mean, but agape love can change you. You may be a criminal or you may just be corrupt, but agape love can change you. You may be a drug addict or a sex addict or an alcoholic, but agape love can change you. Agape love has changed me. From the battlefields of West Africa to the gang-led streets of Chicago to the darkened rooms of prostitution and drug addiction, wherever you are, whatever you've done, God's agape love can change you. It reaches you. Because God's agape love is the strongest force in the universe. It's greater than any army. It's more powerful than any bullet. It's more desirable than all the pleasures of the world. It's more contagious than COVID. More overpowering than any other force. Agape love transforms us. Because it impacts us. And when it changes us, it changes the people around us. You see, Jesus started a love revolution, but he never intended for it to end with himself. He brought love to earth, and then the people around him started to love, and then the people around them started to love, and before you knew what happened, the whole world was touched by the love of God. Think of the Apostle Paul. He understood the power of God. He was a mean, angry, religious fanatic. He was someone who approved of the killing of Christians, and yet on the Damascus Road, he met love himself in the person of Jesus Christ and his life was transformed and he stepped up and joined Jesus in spreading love to others and he urges us to do the same listen to the apostle Paul today in 1 Thessalonians 3.12 may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else just as ours does for you just put your hand on your chest and say Lord make your love increase in my life make it overflow to others that they will be touched as well 
This is the story of the New Testament church. Jesus came and brought love to the disciples and they were changed and brought love to their community and they were changed and brought love to their city and they were changed and brought love to their nation and they were changed and brought love to the world. Listen to Acts 2. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miracles signs and wonders and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need they worshiped together at the temple each day met in homes for the lord's supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. God's love consumed them. The power of sacrifice transformed ordinary men and women, and they shared that love with others. And as they did, others became saved. Love conquered an empire. Love conquered nations. Love conquered societies and cultures. Love reached the rich and the poor, the black and the white, the slave and the free. Love touched lives. It's the love that sent Jesus to the world, and it's the love that sends us to the world. That's why we can't stop now. If you've tasted of God's love, that's just the beginning. God wants to increase his love. He wants to baptize you in love. He wants love to be such a part of you that when they look in your eyes, they see love. When they see your smile, they, they see love. When they come into your presence, people feel love. We can't stop now. We've got to love like Jesus. And that brings us to our third truth. Agape love makes us an impact because agape love sends us. Listen to how our scripture text for today ends in 1 John 4, 14, it says, we have seen for ourselves and we can testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. So listen to what John is saying. We've experienced love. We've seen it ourselves. I've been touched. I've been changed. And now I stand to testify. I stand to bear witness. I stand to give glory to God. I stand up and say, this is what God has done for me, and he can do it in you. That's why two verses later, John says, so we know the love that God has for us, and we trust that love. God is love. God is agape. And everyone who lives in love lives in God, and God lives in them. And that's God's plan for you. He wants to overwhelm you with love. He wants to come and live inside of you. God wants to impact you with agape love so that you will impact others uh, as you live in love. It doesn't take talent. It doesn't take education. It doesn't take wearing a fancy dress like me. It doesn't take all kinds of personality. It simply takes you sharing what you've seen, telling others, testifying of the love of Jesus Christ and how it's touched you. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of a woman named Haley Moss Strong. On July 5th this year, Haley Moss Strong was driving through the streets of Fairfield, Ohio, USA at around 1 a.m. I have no idea what she was doing out at 1 a.m., but there she was. And as she drove through a community, she suddenly saw a house 
on fire. Now, it was 1 a.m., and everyone in that neighborhood was asleep. The people in the house on fire were sleeping. And Haley suddenly realized that no one knew the house was on fire. No one had called the fire brigade. No one had rescued the family. So she parked her car and ran up to the door of the house. This is a picture of her captured on the security camera at the front door. She started banging on the door and pushing the doorbell. At 1.06 a.m., she started shouting, your house is on fire. Your house is on fire. At first, the people didn't respond. They were sleeping. It took them a while to wake up. But as Haley persisted, Josh Ellis opened the door. Your house is on fire. Escape, she shouted. Josh came out and looked, and suddenly he saw the flames, he saw the smoke, and he leapt into action. He woke everyone up and got them out of the house. There were 11 people in the house, and every one of them was rescued by the grace of God and by the intervention of Haley Moss Strong. You're an angel, Josh told her. She saved our family, Josh said. No exaggeration about that. She stayed and saved our family. I mean, the house was ablaze. Listen, Haley is not a talented speaker. Haley Strong is not a CEO. She's not a political figure. She's not a minister in government. She's not part of the fire brigade. She doesn't work for emergency rescue personnel. Haley is a simple, ordinary woman. But she shared what she saw. Her experience led her to testify, and she saved 11 lives. And we live in a world today that's asleep while it burns. We live in a world that's gone chaotic. We live in a world that's falling apart, and people are ignorant and unaware, acting as if they can just go on with life. But we've seen something that will change our lives. We've seen something that will change our world. We've experienced something that will make an eternal difference, and we simply need to stand up and say, this is what God did for me. He'll do it for you. We must go and tell what we know. God is love. His love changes me. His love will take, change you. It doesn't take talent or skill or education. It doesn't take training. It simply takes you getting up to testify. Arguments and debates won't win the day, but love will. Agape love, a love that sacrifices and a love that sanctifies. For at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is agape love. That's why 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, let all, let all, let everything you do be done in love. When you do that, when love has its way in you, you will impact the world. I challenge each and every one of you today to take this message, ask God to give you more love, and begin to share that love with others. It's time for us to get up and march forward. It's time for us to follow the death of our Lord Jesus Christ and give him honor. It's time to make an impact and continue to pursue our vision. Today I pray that no matter who you are, no matter where you are at in your faith, God's love will be revealed to you and you will experience it and it will change you and save you. Father, I bless your people now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon. 
If you are ever in Accra, we will like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m. or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.